Well, I just, I'm going to say it again. It is so good to be together. Amen? Amen. And thank you to the praise team for bringing us into the presence of the Lord this morning. So uh, I, I want to start out with some funnies. Anybody want some funnies this morning as we start out? You know, it's good that we can laugh in church and we can uh, worship the Lord as well and experience all these different emotions. So I want to start out and say, Happy Easter. My, my son, my oldest son, has said to me uh, every year for I don't know how many years, Mom, you need to start out and say, Happy Easter. And I said, No, that's so corny. But this year I said, Okay, I'm going to do it. Happy Easter. Okay. So what is, um, what is the Easter Bunny's favorite kind of music? Hip-hop. Somebody, I heard it over here. How does an Easter Bunny keep his fur looking so good? Hairspray. What's the Easter Bunny's favorite restaurant? IHOP. What kind of rabbit tells jokes? A funny bunny. And why shouldn't you tell an Easter egg a joke? it might crack up. <laughs> oh, well, so many, so many emotions as we uh, gather here this morning. And uh, it's Easter morning for us, and we get to be together this year. And you just don't realize how you take some things for granted until you uh, can't do them anymore. You see, each and every one of you uh, took steps to be here today, whether that's in person or that's online, as we gather to worship the Lord this morning. I want to share a passage with you from the Gospel of John this morning in the next steps of his faithful followers. As they arrived to the empty tomb, they were a bit confused, and they weren't quite sure where to go or what to do first or what that first step would be. How can we relate in this season of coming out of isolation and quarantine of, of what our next steps are? Here we have a contrast of two gardens. We step uh, into the garden with Adam and Eve when paradise was lost. And this morning we step into the garden today as paradise is regained with Christ's resurrection. But Mary Magdalene, she didn't know it at the time. In fact, no one knew it yet of what that good news was going to be. They just saw this empty tomb. So I want to share with you uh, from the book of John. And we're going to start in uh, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 25. I'm going to read these in two different sections. So hear these words. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. At that Peter and the other disciple went out, heading to the tomb, and the two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then following him, Simon Peter came also. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping, had been on his head, the wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first, then entered the tomb, saw and believed. For they did not understand the scripture that, mu that he must rise from the dead. And then the disciples went home again. I love this passage in verse 4. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb 
first. I always chuckle every time I read this because John, as we know, is the one that is writing this account. It is his gospel. And he wants to let us know that there was some type of race. You can imagine. Oh, my gosh, you get this news. Okay, who's going to get there first? On your mark, get set, go. And they take off running, right? And they're in this dead heat to make it to the tomb. And, 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 and John is sure to tell us. The two were running together, but the other disciple, John, is what he wants to say. He wants to let us know he got there first. He won the race. He won the race. You know, he, there's so much. Uh, I, I love the book of John, but this, like I said, it just makes me chuckle because we know that he got there first. He beat Peter. Okay, John, right? Uh, he, and then uh, verse 7, this is so important. He entered the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. I uh, look at several different commentaries and, and do a lot of uh, reading and research uh, when I'm in my uh, sermon prep. And one of the, uh, the commentaries, uh, one of the writers wrote that there were two miracles in this passage. Um, one uh, was when Peter and John witnessed the inside of the tomb. The first one was that Jesus had risen from the dead. And the second was that a single man folded his clothes. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good myself. The wrapping that had been on his head was, was lying with the linen cloths, but what was folded up in a separate place by itself, by itself. In all seriousness, the fact that the wrapping on his head was folded up in a separate, separate place by itself, that is significant. You see, back in biblical times, the servant would know when to clear the table. In those days, the wadded up napkin, and we think of ourselves at a, at a dinner table that we're probably going to be at a little bit later today, the wadded up napkin meant that, that the person was finished. It was finished. But if the master got it from the table and, the, and his napkin was folded and he laid it beside the plate, the servant would dare not touch the table because that folded napkin meant that that person was coming back. That person was coming back. You see, the wrapping that had been on his head was lying with the linen cloths, but was folded up in a separate place all by itself. So how do we live our lives knowing that Jesus is coming back? How does our life reflect the preparation for his return? We're going to continue on in, in this passage, uh, picking up at verse 11. But Mary stood outside facing the tomb, crying. And she was crying, and she stopped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet, where Jesus' body had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she returned she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and though she did not know, it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Supposing he was a gardener, she replied, sir, if you have removed him, tell me where you've put him, and I will take him away. Jesus said, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Hebrew, Rabbi, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, for, what I, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what he had said to her. It wasn't until Jesus 
said her name, that he immediately comes in to focus. You see, unbelief blinds our eyes to the Lord's presence. Last January, a year ago January, I had uh, the privilege to visit Mary Magdalene's hometown called Magdala. And I'm headed back the end of October for anyone that might be interested, uh, God willing, with the progress that we are making right now. But it was such a special place, and it was an amazing experience to visit Magdala. And even though it's a new archaeological discovery uh, with, with a modern building, it houses some of the most beautiful artwork that I have ever seen. And on the ceiling, you can see just a little bit of it. In the women's atrium, you find these words in Latin. It's a little bit hard to see, but it's on the lower rim. And I want to share with you what those words say. In this holy place, the church gives thanks to the most holy trinity for the mystery of women and for every woman for her eternal dignity and for the wondrous love God has worked in and through her in the history of humanity. And then you'll also notice there are these large uh, pillars or columns in the atrium. And again, it's just absolutely breathtaking. And inscribed on uh, all these columns or pillars are women's names who were a part of Jesus's ministry. And there's one column or pillar that is left blank. There's nothing on it. And they tell us that the one unmarked pillar stands for women of all time who love God and live by faith. Each woman can spiritually inscribe her name as a poignant reminder of her role in the history of humanity. Jesus first appeared to Mary. And it wasn't until Jesus said her name that he immediately comes into focus. Friends, Jesus calls you by name, each and every one of you, by name this morning. You see, Mary took steps. She took steps to attend the Jesus' burial place that morning. So how do we take steps from fear to courage? Or maybe doubt to belief? Or maybe grief to hope? What is God asking you to step into? Scripture tells us that there were five resurrection appearances the first day of the week after Jesus arose. Mary being one, Peter the other disciples. How did the Lord transform his disciples' fear into courage? He came to them. And I believe he's come to us this morning. His first words were shalom, peace. He reassured them. He enabled them through the Holy Spirit. We remember in Genesis that God breathed life into man. And then at Pentecost, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in us as believers. They've received the peace of God and peace with God. He commissioned them. And he says, as my Father has sent me, I send you. And they turn from mourners to missionaries, mourners to missionaries. I don't know uh, if you've ever heard of a prayer labyrinth. Maybe some of you have experienced a prayer labyrinth. It, uh, it's uh, something that, uh, that goes way back to ancient times, and it's an ancient pathway found across the world. 
And it's this winding path that help us, helps us to, to unwind, to let go, and to rest in God. And it's not a maze full of dead ends and uh, something designed to, to let us or make us get lost. It only has one path. And that path, it leads to the center. And if you stay on the path, you won't get lost. That might be a word for someone this morning. If you stay on the path, you won't get lost. A good friend of our, our family, Kathy Meredith, sent me uh, this beautiful prayer labyrinth. And there's a, a picture of it uh, up on the screen. And I also brought it today. And she sent it uh, right at the start of Lent. And I had never seen one like this before. I'd only uh, experienced the ones that you walk on. This was the first time um, that I had ever uh, received. It's called a prayer finger labyrinth, and I absolutely love it. And it's something that I engage with in my morning devotion time. And, and the beautiful thing about this type of prayer labyrinth is you never have to leave your house. It's something that you can do, it in, do in your uh, quiet time. And it's in this, uh, this time that you can quiet yourself. And you can become still and enter into the Lord's presence as you make your way to the center. You see, it's this motion with your finger and your mind of going in and coming out one step at a time. And as you look at the image, you might think, how will this lead me to the center? Right? How's this going to lead me to the center? And, and the other thought maybe is, how am I going to get back out? You see, in life, we're all on some sort of path. Everybody here, all of us are on some sort of path. And we're reminded today that God will make a way when it seems there is no way. I want you to remember that. God will make a way when it seems there is no way. As followers of Christ, we share in the power of Christ's resurrection, and we experience renewal and restoration. You see, on Friday, we thought that all hope was lost, but today we join Christ in resurrection power. God will make a way when it seems there is no way. Be encouraged. As we know, there are all kind of uh, symbols uh, that surround Easter. We've got lilies and bunnies and, and chicks. And, and these all things, all these things remind us of, of new life and new beginnings. And, and Easter eggs are fun uh, to color and to decorate. And they're even more fun to hide, right? And you fill them with some goodies and you hide those. And uh, it's so much fun to do that. And when my kids were little, it was so fun to hide the eggs and watch them find them, right? And I delighted in their joy as they found uh, eggs that were filled with candy, uh, maybe even a dollar or two or some coins. And, and today, my little guy, Conrad, he's, uh, he's going to be over this afternoon, and I've got the eggs ready to hide when he comes over. He's going to be uh, two in May, and we're so excited. He's got a little sister that's going to come in August. So, yeah, I'm sure they're going to be thrilled that I just announced that to everybody. <laughs> but we are just so thrilled to have another little one join our family. So I'm sure that... Uh, some of you are like me that have children that I delight in my kids and now grandkids. I want to share with you, and you know this, but I want to remind you this morning that we have a heavenly parent, God our Father, who delights in us, his kids, each and every one of us. So much so that he sent his son Jesus into the world to take upon our sin. 
and that those who believe in this Easter miracle of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, that our lives would forever be changed here on earth and in heaven as we are a part of God's family. Easter eggs, as I have learned, have taken on a new cultural meaning. And, and it could be through a Netflix series that we're watching, maybe something on Disney Plus, or maybe a movie. And these Easter eggs now, as they call it, are clues uh, or a hidden meaning of something that's about to be revealed later in the storyline. And I don't know if you've heard this expression, but I think it's interesting that they have termed it Easter eggs. God's word is, is one of the ways, one of the ways that he speaks to us. And the Bible is full of stories and knowledge and insight and wisdom that God wants to impart to us. It is, us, it is the God-inspired, um, it is God-inspired word, right? And just as it was relevant to uh, the people when it was written, it is relevant to us today. Our, our vision here at Faith Community is knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. You see, not just to know about Jesus, but to know him. The Lord has an Easter egg for you today. And these eggs and their contents have been prayed over. And I believe hold a word from the Lord just for you. At the conclusion of the service, I want to invite you uh, to pick up an egg. The ushers will have them uh, in baskets. They'll be in the back of uh, this space in the CLC. And if you are watching online, don't worry, we'll put aside an Easter egg uh, for you as well. So if you are watching online, and in fact, if you're on Facebook, if you can type in the comments, Easter egg, we'll go ahead and put one aside for you. Uh, you'll find our contact information on the website. You can stop by church this week to pick up your egg, or we'd be happy to uh, mail that to you. So again, be sure you pick this up because the, the Lord has a word for you. As we go forth today, I pray that you would step from fear to courage, from doubt to hope, and from unbelief to belief, and that your steps would be blessed as you trust the Lord. God will make a way. God will make a way when it seems there is no way. This morning, we are reminded of his resurrection power that is in us. Let us pray. God, we come before you and we thank you for this time. Lord, as we gather, and we're reminded, Lord, of your power that's available to all of us who believe. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. God, we come to glorify and praise you this morning. Almighty God, through your son Jesus, you overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. Grant that we who celebrate the Lord's resurrection by the renewing of your spirit arise from the death of sin to life of righteousness. God, we are reminded that we can do all things through Christ that give us strength. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on us. We love you and we worship you and we praise you this morning. Lord, we continue in an attitude of worship 
because we praise your holy name. It's in the name of Jesus the Christ that we pray and all of God's people said.